Today on Pilgrim Radio's His People, Erica Anderson on why families and teachers are involved in public education. God has a place for all of us in the world. Like we all have our different, you know, spots that He's going to use us in the world. And certainly He calls these Christian teachers um, to be where they are and to minister to the kids in their class that might not have any of that at home. And not that they are talking about faith in the classroom, but just being there and having the Holy Spirit as a part of their life and loving on them in the name of Jesus. Erica Anderson, next. Even though more families have opted for private or home school due to pandemic shifts and concerns over controversial curricula, many believers see their place in the public school system. That's the topic of today's conversation with Erica Anderson, author, podcaster, and writer. Coming up, we'll discuss her recent Christianity Today piece, Public Schools Aren't Godless. Ask the Christians who feel called to stay. Erica, what's behind this article? Where'd the idea come from? Well, I had actually pitched an article about um, a sort of an online curriculum for homeschoolers. So totally kind of opposite of this idea, but they, the editors had come back to me and said, you know, we've had a lot about that. We haven't had hardly anything about public schooling. And I, so I started thinking and I just put a little note out there on Twitter and I said, are there any groups that are like Christians for public school. I don't know what I was looking for, but that tweet get, got a lot of responses. And I knew I was onto something as soon as I started seeing these responses roll in. People were like, that's such an interesting question. I don't know. And so that got me connected with a couple of groups and different people that sort of fit that uh, description. And so I kind of went with it from there. I just started interviewing people and then looking at stats and looking at the history and and, and interviewing people I know. I interviewed two people in my own personal life who are teachers in the public schools. And it gave me a lot of insight and kind of surprised me in a couple of ways, which is why I think the article turned out so well, because it wasn't what I, as a journalist, was expecting to find. Well, not to steal the thunder from later on, but what were a couple of the surprises? Uh, what uh, st- struck you? What did you not expect? Well, number one, I, I didn't expect to find so many people that were, I guess, sort of committed to staying in the public school to make it better. But I think the more surprising thing I found was that I, not that I think that the things we hear in the media are lies. I don't, I think that they're really extreme things happening in some of the public schools in this country, but I don't think it's as widespread necessarily as it seems. Um, And so some of the teachers I spoke with were like, that's not happening in my school. I'm not being asked to say anything that I don't believe in. Actually, there's prayer groups in our school or one group told me, yeah, actually uh, our public school asks the local campus life ministry like to help us out because, you know, they need places for these kids to go and things for them to do. And so I do think, you know, there's a geographic component to that. Mm. Um, All kinds of things sort of play in to where you are and what's going on. Um, And then I also, I profiled a girl in the story who all of her children were in private school and then they felt called to put their kids in public school. And that was very interesting. And then the last thing that I found very surprising and really interesting is that private schools are not good for kids with special needs in general. So if you, if you have a kid with a, 
some kind of a learning disability or a physical disability, a lot of times private schools are not equipped with the therapies or the counselors or whatever it is that they might need, whereas public schools are basically required to meet those needs. And so kids with special needs almost have to go to a public school. That's very interesting. Well, now in, in terms of uh, the beefs going back to uh, the, the headline, public schools aren't godless. So obviously that th- there's the question, well, wh- why would some think that they are? What are the major beefs? I mean, m- most people, I would think, if they've been reading reading the news, hearing the news, watching the news over the last year or two, maybe that's, it's an obvious question. But just to kind of set the stage a little bit, what, what are some of the big issues nationally that uh, have caused concern? Yeah, I mean, uh, Christian parents are concerned about um, some of the teachings on sexuality and gender. Obviously, that's sort of top of mind. And not only that, but some of the books that you're seeing in the libraries that are basically pornographic in some of these Mm. middle school libraries, Mm -hmm. um, which, of course, I do not support any of that. Um, And then also, you know, you hear things about people being worried about teaching critical race theory or uh, people worried about how they're teaching American history and how they're teaching kids, you know, that one race may be oppressive to another and and sort of just giving them a false vision of what America is as a country. And so there are concerns about those things, understandably. Um, and, and then also when it comes to the gender stuff, it's like you see these middle schools where uh they're saying you, you, we don't have to tell your parents if you decide that you want to transition at school as into transgender. And so those are real, mm-hmm. real concerns that are happening in certain places. But again, I don't think it's happening everywhere. And one of the guys I talked to was just telling me, you know, we would hear all these stories, but then we would go to our public school and we would say, oh, you know, this teacher works at our church and this teacher comes to our prayer group. And so it's not like every single person is like this. It's, I would say, probably fewer more than most. Mm. And it, you've talked with quite a few different people, parents, teachers, and so forth. What sense do you have of how Christian parents navigate some of these things? I mean, if, if the kid does come home and say, uh, I was just taught such and such, and this uh, something doesn't sound right about it, but the parents, some of them are actually have quite uh, quite a good strategy to deal with that. Yeah, I mean, I would say as the parent of a public school child myself right now, I've thought about this a lot. And um, what I have learned, and I hope this kind of will potentially settle some fears for people, because I too was feeling pretty fearful at one point um, last year. But what I've learned through my research in other areas and through doing this story even, is that what we know is that parents have the most influence over their children. Even if they're in a public school eight hours a day, your influence and what you tell them is always going to trump and be a stronger influence on them than what the school says. And so for me as a parent, I have made it a priority to disciple my kids at home and make sure that we're talking about things every day. Um, I kind of get ahead of the issues. My son is only six years old, but we're talking about stuff, stuff you wouldn't think you would necessarily need to talk to a six-year-old about, but in today's world, you kind of have to. Um, And so I would just encourage parents, like, I wouldn't say just immediately run away from the public schools, because that's what I was hearing. That may be the right decision for your family. I don't think there's anything wrong with doing that. Um, And I support school choice and I support vouchers. A lot of people I talked to did not support support vouchers for for whatever reason. Um, But I would say, 
it's not necessarily a must to leave the public school, um, but you do need to be very engaged with your child. You need to be making a concerted effort to talk with them about the issues, to give them a basic understanding of why we believe what we believe so that when they encounter these things, they've already gone over that. They already know. They already know that we're, we're sort of we're sort of in the world, but not of the world. Mm -hmm. And, and that's, and that's a parent thing. And it doesn't matter where they are. If you're, if they go to a private Christian school and you're not doing that at home, they're still going to suffer. Erica, I don't know that this was uh, particularly in your article, but do you have a sense of percentage-wise? I mean, my understanding is the vast majority of of uh, kids from Christian homes are in the public school, 90 plus percent, I don't know what it is, versus private and home education. I mean, it's quite a, quite a disparity there, right? Well, I, w I don't know the statistics, but I, I'm sure that more are in public than private, partially because private is the cost money, you know, um, homeschooling. A lot of people don't have the capacity for that. Um, and so, yeah, there is a lot of Christians in the public school. I know that the numbers have certainly gone up in terms of who's in private school and who's homeschooling. Those numbers have gone sort of up across the board. But what I saw is that actually they're kind of going back down. Um, it really was up last year simply because of COVID-related mm -hmm. policies. But now that we're sort of back on normal pathways, I think you're seeing more kids get back to the public school. And, and what I really heard from people was, you know, if there aren't any Christians in the public school, like, what's happening to the public school, right? Like, not that children should go in there to be little missionaries. I, I don't mm -hmm. really endorse that idea. But... Um, but just their presence and just that being that light in the world just by being there, I think that matters if it works for your family. Well, my guest today on His People is Erica Anderson, and she is a writer. Uh, she writes for World Magazine. She writes for Christianity Today and other publications. We're talking about a piece that she wrote recently for Christianity Today, Public Schools Aren't Godless, Ask the Christians Who Feel Called to Stay. And at this point, uh, Erica, we've been talking about families, we've been talking about parents and kids, but a, a very big group uh, that feels called to stay, those who are in the public schools, are the, the teachers. And you uh, you talked to a number of them. One is Brittany Braun, and, and she specifically uh, said that she feels called to stay. It's not mm -hmm. just a choice. Can, can you talk about the little bit, her specifically, and just that idea of, of uh, believers feeling called to the public schools? Yeah. Yeah, actually, Brittany is someone I've known for a long time, and just personally, as a friend, I've been her hearing her say this for many years, that she... Um, has always felt that God called her to be a teacher in the public school system. And she's always been very um, blatant and upfront that it's public school that she feels called to. Um, and I don't know, you know, it's like when you talk about calling, that's that's never a black and white thing. But as a Christian, I think we have access to the Holy Spirit and he speaks to us in different ways. And so however the Holy Spirit speaks to you, I think that's how you hear that calling. She and then another guy, um, Michael Walls, he's another person that I talked to that has that same calling to be in the public school system. And God has a place for all of us in the world. Like we all have our different, you know, spots that he's going to use us in the world. And certainly he calls these Christian teachers um, to be where they are and to minister to the kids in their class that might not have any of that at home. And not that they are talking about faith in the classroom, but just being there and having the Holy Spirit as a part of their life and loving on them in the name of Jesus, like that matters. And if you don't think that matters, I don't know what to tell you because it does just their presence. I always pray for my 
son every morning before he gets on the bus, we always say a prayer. And I always say, you know, just let him be a love and a light to everyone he meets because he has Jesus in his heart. And, and I think that's how I think of the teachers that are in public schools as well. It, well, in that whole issue of prayer, there are actually organized, nationally organized groups, right, that, uh, that pray for the public schools, for the teachers. Yeah, there's like moms in prayer, teachers in prayer. I didn't, I had no idea that all these uh, places existed, but I, I started to dig in and, and there's so many and there's so many ways to get plugged in and find support and, you know, have groups that you meet with and people that you're kind of rallying with. I mean, I think for me in my own personal life, my first instinct when I'm struggling with something is to find like-minded people. And maybe people don't realize that you can find those. You can find other Christian parents who are sending their kids to public school. You can find other Christian teachers. There were like multiple Christian teacher organizations that I found. And they're there to support, give advice, legal advice. That was another one that another thing that came up, um, you know, free speech issues um, that some teachers are encountering. So Right. And and what about local churches? I'm not sure to what extent you've talked about this, but what about local churches and, and sensing their support for public schools, for the teachers, for the kids and parents? Yeah. You know, I didn't really get into that aspect of it, but to speak to the idea of local churches, which is something I'm, I'm really passionate about the local church and what it does for the community at large, whether that's a public school or a private school. Um, I think local churches do have a responsibility and that's to um, you know, depending on the size and the funding and the resources that you have um, to be there for kids in the community, whether that's offering, you know, vacation Bible school or, you know, a really good Sunday school on Sundays or doing outreach events in the community. I can tell you that I know a lot of people have their first um, contact or, you know, experience with the church because of something like, uh, you know, like an Easter egg hunt mm -hmm. or, you know, some kind of extracurricular thing that the churches do to draw people in. And I think churches have a real responsibility as well to make sure that kids are getting a solid theological foundation, which will really contribute, you know, combined with what they're hearing from their parents to a solid foundation of understanding why they believe what they believe. So when they walk into sort of the lion's den of these public spaces, they're already good to go. Like their faith is not going to be shaken by, you know, a simple question when they've kind of gone over this stuff and they know why they believe what they believe. And there is support. You, you write in your piece as well, support for the Christian teachers in the public schools, uh, groups that uh, that is their sole focus. Christian teachers unions. I think I found like two of those. Mm. Um, and so there is, if you are a teacher and you're feeling alone, you don't have to be alone. Um, I, I probably linked a couple of those in the piece, but if not, you could just Google like Christian teachers group and you'll find people, you'll find that support. I think one group has like a set time that they like pray every single day for teachers across the country. Um, and certainly you can send in your own requests and things like that. Um, but there is never a reason to feel like you're doing this on your own, I think, in the end is what what I'm trying to say here. There's a, a group that you mentioned called Christian Educators. Mm -hmm. the, what, can you talk about the kind of support that they offer? I think that's a national group as well. Yeah, I think that's one of the ones that I was thinking of just now. And, and I think they are there to like offer ideas, I think to connect people. I think that legal piece was another one because some teachers are worried about um, they're just worried about, you know, what happens if somebody tries to say that I wasn't supposed to pray at lunch or, you know, privately pray at lunch or whatever. You just, there, you can run into things that maybe you wouldn't have run into before. And I think it's just really helpful for people to know that they have that information and that support and potentially the legal backing if they get into a position where 
um, their freedom of religion is being threatened. I think the way that uh, that you write about Christian educators referring to the teachers is uh, ambassadors for Christ in the public schools. Yeah, and I mean, I think all of us as Christians, wherever we are, we are ambassadors for Christ. We represent Christ in everything that we do. So that, of course, translates to your job if you work in a public school or a public space. And um, we know that those spaces in particular really need um, representatives of Christ because there is so much, um, I don't know, just like darkness in in those areas right now, confusion. Um, I think the devil uses a lot of confusion to cause all kinds of problems with depression, mental health, anxiety, all of those things. Um, That's sort of what I see swirling if I was looking from above and Mm -hmm. looking down on these public schools. And then in the midst of that, you would see these lights, um, these teachers that are really um, lighting up the darkness where they are. And and not everyone is called to that. You know, we all have to have our own conversations with God about where we should be. Um, Certainly Christian kids in private schools need the people that they need as well. Mm -hmm. Um, But for those that do feel called, like I say, that's awesome. I'm glad you're there, and I'm sure you're making a difference in some kid's life. It's interesting, too, as you mentioned, uh, some of the struggles of, well, really, most people during the pandemic, kids, particularly kids in public schools, etc., but how you you wrote that some uh, administrators in some of these public schools are welcoming in parachurch ministries. Yeah, I was actually, I was surprised by that, to be honest, and and I'm, I'm sure that's not everywhere. Um, but especially when you're you're talking about the Midwest, you know, places like Texas or, mm-hmm. you know, some of these, um, you know, kind of middle ground states and red states, um, no doubt that that those groups are being welcomed in because there is a mental health crisis when it comes to adolescents, um, especially since the pandemic. We've seen worsening mental health rates like kind of up throughout the years, like since the Internet, basically. Um, but COVID made it much, 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 much worse. And so, you know, what studies will show is that kids that are involved in things, whether it be a sport or a church group, their mental health rates are better. And so when you've got a group that's willing to come into the school and host events and help kids out and tutor or whatever it is they do, I don't know why you would say no to that, right? And I, and I even remember being in high school and participating in those things. And um, I'm glad to hear it's still happening. I know they just had See You at the Pole a couple of weeks ago, which is the annual event where kids go and pray outside the flagpole of their school. That's still allowed, you know. And you and you could see, I saw pictures from across the country. There's a lot of people still doing that. Um, and that's really encouraging. So the, the kids uh, are supported by these parachurch groups and some of the administrators want them to come in because they're they're helpful just in, in terms of uh, mental health issues and, and support. Yeah. And I mean, I think, you know, just thinking on this whole subject, like I, I would still urge parents, like, pay attention to what's going on. You don't want to be oblivious. I think, you know, some of the most important things you do is go to uh, you know, the the parent meetings, you listen, read the emails, you get a lot of emails, I f- I've discovered as, mm-hmm. a, as a public school parent, I get a lot of emails and the apps and all of that. But I pay attention to what's going on so that if I see something, I can say something. Um, and you see parents going to these school board meetings that have kept their kids in public school that are fighting for them. Um, and so I would say do that too, because we need parents that are going to fight to keep the public schools 
uh, healthy, I guess, because there are kids that aren't going to have the chance to go anywhere else. Well, it sounds like that this is the perspective of one of the mothers that you write about in your piece, Public Schools Aren't Godless, Ask the Christians Who Feel Called to Stay, a lady named Hadley Heath Manning, I believe. Mm-hmm. And can, can you talk a little bit about what she said? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Um, Hadley is sort of, I, I felt like she and I sort of aligned on mm. our thoughts where you know, we want the public schools to succeed. We don't want them to be a place that you can't go. Um, but also we're moms and we're looking at what's happening and our kids are going to come first. And if there's something way too questionable, I, I will pull, you know, if I have to. Um, but that's not what I want to do. And so she's keeping an eye on it, just like I said. And like I, you know, continue to say, we want to be lights in the darkness, whether it's a teacher, whether it's a student, uh, or the, even the par- even as parents, as we participate in that public school arena with other parents or we're going to the parent meetings, um, that's also a facet of all of this. Well, I, I'm wondering, is you, is you, you've shared uh, Hadley Heath Manning's perspective that Christians should be part of the discussion in the public schools. You've said that as a parent, and uh, where something, particularly where something concerns you, to read the emails and all of that, and yet at the same time, any thoughts on how to be that Christian presence as you enter those discussions. I mean, we have seen across the country, understandably so, in some cases, parents have been very angry, uh, very, very aggressive. What suggestions would you have of of maybe the kind of attitude, the kind of uh, perspective to to bring as you come as a Christian? I mean, I think think the idea here is, or, or, or what I would kind of walk forward with is the idea of truth and you know being loving um that doesn't mean that you're always super sweet and nice necessarily um but you can say what is true you can say what you're concerned about you don't have to say it in a way that you're throwing a fit or you're causing a ruckus but you can have the confidence to get up there and say i'm seeing this here's why it's wrong and this honestly most of this stuff isn't really related to faith I mean, in terms of what's being taught to kids that people are worried about, it's more just about appropriateness, what's true, and um, like also just like, yeah, like when it comes to gender issues and pronouns and all that, I mean, that's just sort of like basic, like you're denying reality type of stuff. So I would just say, pray before you do anything, pray. You want, you want God to go with you in these things. You don't want to just be speaking on your own, but um, do so and know what you're going to say, know why you're going to say it, and always remember that you're representing Christ in everything you do. So respectfully um, and in a way that, you know, I think the, what's the Bible verse that says, like, act in a way so that, like, if somebody said something bad about you, they, you know, people would think they were lying. I'm totally paraphrasing that wrongly, but you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Like, you want to act in a way where if somebody spoke ill of you, the people that know you wouldn't believe it. And so that's why I think we should always conduct ourselves, even in the face of other people's disrespect. And you can do that in a confident way. Um, I've seen it done. I've seen videos of parents that have gotten up there and done it. And they sit down and go on their way. But then those clips of them, they kind of 
they get out there, they go viral, and you're like, that's how it's done. Mm. Well, I want to ask you about one interesting point in your article that uh, goes to either perhaps the, the parent that is considering these issues, considering we've been talking mostly, of course, about public schools and how to how, how to uh, be salt and light there, both from the perspective of the teacher and from the perspective of the Christian family and the kids. But the ultimate faith outcomes was pretty interesting to me, Erica. You talk, you looked at public, private, and homeschooling. What percentage of those are likely to have positive faith outcomes as adults. I guess that's been studied now because homeschooling's mm-hmm. been around for long enough. Can you talk about that and 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 maybe what's behind those figures? Yeah, that was really interesting actually because you know, you would think if you send your kid to a private Christian school, good to go, right? And I had actually known that stat for a while, which is sort of another encouragement to me to not pull out of public school right away, but what but what it found is that essentially kids that went to private Christian school and public schools like had essentially the same rate of whether or not they leave their faith, which is surprising. Um, Homeschoolers, not the same. Homeschoolers, um, much higher rates of staying within their faith. And that I believe is because they're with their parents. Their parents are discipling them and teaching them all day long and integrating that into their daily school life, Um, which is why I say, and what I said earlier, that it's more about what you're doing in the home than what's going on in the public school. If your kid's in a private Christian school, you need to be doing that discipleship stuff just as much as you would if they were in the public school, or you're going to miss out. So parents, it's really your job. It's not the school's job to disciple your kid. I wanted to come back, and I know our time is going quickly, and I have to let you go because you have a very busy uh, schedule and life yourself. But that whole issue, we, you touched on it, uh, we touched on a little bit uh, earlier, but the issue of uh, seeing kids as missionaries to their fellow students, there's pros and cons to that. But can you talk about that a little bit, what you heard from some of the parents in terms of sending the kids into, into the public schools a- as missionaries? Yeah, I, I got mixed results on that. I don't think anyone used that terminology, missionaries, but I know exactly what you're saying. Um, and I had some people that were like, very against the whole salt and light idea. And then others that were more like, yeah, we're called to be light in the world. And so I think it also depends on sort of what your definition is and what that means. Um, Personally, I think it's not a good idea to think of it in that way. That's a lot of pressure to put on your kids. They're just trying to learn and grow up and be who they are. Um, But I believe as I quoted Jen Wilkin, the writer Jen Wilkin in that piece, um, it makes it very easy to see yourself as set apart when you're a Christian in a very public, um, secular world. And that can be hard. But at the same time, if you think about it, once high school's over, like that's what you're going to be for the most part. And so um, practice, I guess, for some, but in a way, just sort of how life is going to be. And so I totally understand the mentality behind wanting to keep your kid um, sort of in a, um, a sheltered environment of a private Christian school. And I don't have any problem with that whatsoever. I think that's totally fine as long as you're doing that parenting discipleship stuff at home. Um, But I also understand um, parents who are like, we're doing this. We, this is where we live. This is what our life is. um, And we are staying dedicated at home as well. So I, I think it's, again, it all comes back to what's going on at home. Well, that's a good point. Any Now, this piece can be read at ChristianityToday.com. Public schools aren't godless. Ask the Christians who feel called to stay. Any uh, 
suggestions, Erica, for uh, further education, further reading, further learning? Obviously, we have the internet in front of us and people can <laughs> Google things and find out, but would you specifically point to anything maybe talking about this this subject? I haven't, you know, that's the thing is I hadn't actually found a lot hmm. about this thing. And what I did find is there was a lot of, I, you know, I consider myself to be a pretty conservative Christian person. Mm -hmm. I did find a lot of more progressive Christian commentary on it. Um, I think where I come from, there's less information. And so um, some of the organizations, I mean, there's a ton of links in that article in terms of places you can get more um, on. And so I would just kind of go through the article and click on some of those organizations that I talk to or link to because they'll have a lot more information. But in terms of books or articles, I haven't seen a lot. I know Christianity Today has done some older articles, like way, way back about some of these things, but things have changed a lot since then. Um, but, you know, maybe there'll be more coming. <laughs> You've been listening to His People on Pilgrim Radio. Many thanks to our guest, author, podcaster, and writer, Erica Anderson. We've been discussing her recent Christianity Today piece, Public Schools Aren't Godless, Ask the Christians Who Feel Called to Stay. You can read it at ChristianityToday.com. Coming up on tomorrow's program, a Veterans Day discussion with U.S. Army Vietnam veteran John Schreckengost. We were forced to do something that was so unpopular at such a young age. I'm from a generation where my father and all my uncles were in World War II. Their fathers were in World War I. So I guess coming from that perspective, I was doing what I was supposed to do. That's tomorrow at this same time right here on His People. Thanks for listening.